my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's readings, the Word of God reminds us about who we truly are and how we should behave here on earth, how our countenance should be. In the Gospel of today, for example, from Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 12, we are told, Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up the hill. There he sat down and was joined by his disciples. Then he began to speak. This is what he taught them. How happy are the poor in spirit. This is the kingdom of heaven. How happy the gentle. They shall have the earth for their heritage. Happy those who mourn. They shall be comforted. Happy those who hunger and thirst for what is right. They shall be satisfied. Happy the merciful. They shall have mercy shown them. Happy the pure in heart. They shall see God. Happy the peacemakers. They shall be called sons of God. Happy those who are persecuted in the cause of right. This is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are you when people abuse you and persecute you and speak all kinds of calumny against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Remember, however, brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes some, some versions put in place of happy, blessed. So, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the gentle, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what is right, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, and blessed are the peacemakers, and blessed are those who are persecuted for the cause of right, and blessed are those who, who are abused and persecuted because of Jesus Christ. Now, um, going back to the gospel, it says, seeing the crowds, Jesus went up the hill. Seeing the crowds, Jesus saw a crowd if you go back a bit from and read from Matthew chapter 4, the last verse of Matthew chapter 4, the last verses, you realize that we are told that Jesus healed a lot of people. He cured a lot of diseases in the lives of people. And a multitude, crowds were following him. So these people Jesus saw, it's like these were his followers. These were his disciples. They were disciples following him. And Jesus saw on their faces, he saw their countenance, and they were not looking like people who are really following him. Friends, followers of Jesus Christ, true followers of Jesus Christ, true disciples of Jesus Christ are supposed to be happy. True disciples of Jesus Christ are supposed to be blessed. In fact, they are blessed and they are supposed to know. You know, when you are blessed and you don't know you are blessed, you behave like somebody who is not blessed. 
if you are supposed to be happy and you don't know that you are supposed to be happy and you are gloomy, you, be, you, you, you are sad, your countenance portrays it. And Jesus wanted these people to know that, look, you are not called to be sad. You are not called as Christians to be sad. We are called to be happy. We are called to be blessed. In fact, we have been blessed in Christ. We must remember that we are blessed. And so today, as we celebrate all saints, the saints are in heaven and they are rejoicing in heaven. And friends, we, even though we are not yet saints in heaven, we are saints on earth. And whatever they are enjoying, we are also supposed to enjoy it here on earth. That is what Jesus meant when he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the Father, God the Father or Jesus, wants a reflection of heaven on earth. We are supposed to live here, heaven on earth. We are supposed to live heaven on earth. That is what Jesus wants us to take note about. And so when you saw the crowds not portraying that, not living in blessedness, not living in joy, not living in peace, remember Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. What is life without peace? What is life without joy? What is life without happiness? What is life without the, 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 the joy of the Lord? What is life? It's empty. But Jesus said, I have come that my followers may have peace, may have life, and have it in abundance. And that is why Jesus now took his time to climb that mountain, to sit down, and to take his time. You know, he climbed that mountain. He took that pain to climb that hill. Now, he sat down, we are told, and then he began to teach them to speak. Friends, it's ignorance that is killing us. We are ignorant about who we are and about what we have. Friends, so Jesus took his time to teach them, to educate them, to remind them, to tell them how they are supposed to be happy and how they are supposed to live that life of fullness, that fullness of life in him. He took his time now to teach them. We'll come back to that. And so we realize that even in the second reading, for example, we are told that think of the love that the Father has lavished on us by letting us be called God's children. Think of the love. Meditate on the fact that you are a child of God. Let us not take things for granted. St. John is reminding us that we should think daily, we should think always, we should remember always, we should meditate always on the truth that we are children of God. God has made us his children. God has made us his children. And he says, think of that love that the Father has lavished on us by letting us be called God's children. Beloved, we are God's children. And the word of God wants us to think about it always. He says, and that is what we are. We are God's children. We are God's children. Think about it. No wonder Pope John XXIII says, a sad Christian is a contradiction. Think about it. How can the child of any good president, I'm choosing my words, take note. How can the child of any good president in this world be sad? How can a child of any good president in this world 
not be proud of his father? How can any child of any good president in this world not be joyful, not be peaceful? How? And remember, we are children of God. So it is a contradiction for a child of God to be sad. It's a contradiction for a child of God to be depressed, to lack peace, to not be joyful. That is why Jesus even tells us in the Beatitudes, we have just said, that happy are you even when you are persecuted. That when we, even when we are persecuted, we are supposed to rejoice. He said rejoice even when you are persecuted. Be happy. Be blessed. It means nothing can take away our joy and our peace. As long as we think about that truth, think of the love that the Father has lavished on us. What a blessing. What a blessing. What can be compared to this? There is nothing greater than to be called a child of God. And he says, and that is what we are. First John 3, verse 1, 2, and 3. That is what we are. We are God's children. Friends, never lose sight of that. The people in the gospel who were following Jesus never thought about that. They were ignorant about this truth and they were sad and depressed. And Jesus saw their countenance and said, no, you cannot be my followers and be depressed. You cannot be my followers and be sad. You cannot be my followers and not have peace. And so he took his time and taught them how they can attain the peace that is supposed to be ours. He taught them how they can appropriate the peace, the joy, and the fullness of life that is supposed to be theirs. In the same vein, Jesus is teaching you and I through John that we should think always about the love that the Father has lavished on us. Friends, we are children of God. And so he says, because the world refused to acknowledge him, therefore it does not acknowledge us. Friends, it doesn't matter whether people believe it or not. It doesn't matter whether people know it or not. We must know. Friends, it doesn't matter who we are now. It doesn't matter whether people believe in our future or not. Friends, take note. Believe in your future. It says, my dear people, we are already the children of God. But what we are to be in the future has not yet been revealed. What does that mean, friends? Your future and my future is secured in God. We are complete in Christ, St. Paul tells us. We are complete in Christ. All that we need for godliness, all that we need in this life has been provided for us in Christ Jesus. Remember, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart or mind has conceived the things God has prepared for his children. God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Friends, your future and my future are bright. Our future is bright and our future is secured in Christ. John says, my dear people, we are already the children of God. Think about it. Can any child of any good president in this world lack? Can any child of any good president in this world be poor? Can any child of any good president in this world think about it? Just think about it. But what we are to be in the future has not yet been revealed. Friends, we are children of God. Our future has not yet been revealed. But the good news is that it is secured and it is good. Jeremiah 29:11. I alone know the plans I have for you. Friends, God's plans for our future is bright. His plans are bright for us. 
So there is no need to be gloomy. There is no need to be anxious about tomorrow. There is no need to be worried about anything. Let us continue to follow Jesus joyfully. Let us continue to follow Jesus thinking and be conscious daily about the fact that we are God's children. And that is what we are. Whether the world acknowledges that or not, it is irrelevant. No one can change our future. No one can change our future. Our future is bright and it is safe in Jesus Christ. Friends, my dear people, we are already the children of God now. But what we are to be in the future has not yet been revealed. All we know is that when it is revealed, we shall be like him. That is the second reading. He says that our future, in our, I mean, our future, our future is supposed to, uh, to, we are supposed to be like God. We are supposed to be like God in the future. It means day in and out, we are being transformed into the likeness of God. Who is God? How is God? Remember the saints in heaven are rejoicing and because they have seen God, they have seen the beatific, beatific vision and they are excited and they are happy. Now, their happiness is in God. And they, have, and they have attained that. And John is telling us that our future is going to be the same. Why? Because we shall be like God. If we shall be like God, and God is joyful, so to speak, it means we shall be joyful. Our future will be joyful. We shall be like God, and God is peaceful. God is peace. God is full of peace. It means we will also be peaceful in the future. So these things are mapped out for us. Ephesians 2 verse 10 even confirms that. Ephesians 2 verse 10 confirms that. And so friends, we should not be worried about anything because we shall see him as he really is and we shall be like him. However, even remember, 1 John tells us chapter 4, we are told that as Jesus is in heaven, so are we already here on earth. We are ambassadors of Christ. We represent Christ on earth. So if Christ is peaceful, we should be peaceful. If Christ is joyful, we should be joyful. And remember in John 16, 24 and 15 verse 11, John 15, 11, Jesus says, The words I've spoken to you are supposed to make you joyful. Your joy will be complete. Jesus wants us to remember this always. He says, think of the love that the Father has lavished on us. Think about it. Reflect on the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. That God, what we are supposed to be, will be revealed to us what we are supposed to be and who we are actually spiritually we will be we will see it and be convinced and follow jesus joyfully not gloomy surely everyone who entertains this hope must purify himself must try to be as pure as christ that is what first john 3 verse 3 everyone who entertains this hope must purify himself, must try to be as pure as Christ. So, John is telling us that once we have this at the back of our minds, that is our hope, we must purify ourselves. We must try to be as pure as Christ. What does that mean? We must purify ourselves. We must purify our thinking. We must purify our attitude. We must purify our character and must try to be as pure as Christ. Remember yesterday we were told to try to be like children of God. We must make the effort to enter by the narrow door. We must try, make the effort. How do we try? 
How do we purify ourselves? How do we try? And that is where we now come to the gospel again, where Jesus was now teaching the people how they are to try to be like him, how they are to try to be pure, how they are to try to purify themselves so that they can inherit the kingdom of God, so that they can be like the saints in heaven here on earth. And so he says, whilst you are on earth here, remember, blessed or happy are the poor in spirit. Happy are the poor in spirit. So if we want to be like Christ, if we want to be blessed, if we want to see the blessings of God manifest in our lives, we must learn to be poor in spirit. And what does that mean? We must acknowledge our need of God. We must acknowledge that we need God every day. And how do we do that? By prayer. By meditating on the word of God. By longing for things that concern God. When we acknowledge our spiritual poverty, our need of God, we pray. We read the word of God. We meditate on the word of God. We go for mass to reflect on the word of God, to hear the word of God speak, um, spoken to us. That is how, what it means to be poor in spirit. We acknowledge our need of God in humility. We are not proud. We say that indeed we cannot make it without God. We acknowledge the fact that indeed, apart from God, we cannot make it. And so we long to be in union with God. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. So we acknowledge that by prayer, by reading the word, by meditating on the word of God. Friends, by attending, attending to the sacraments. All these sacraments, through them we encounter Christ. And so it goes on. Happy are the meek, or blessed are the meek, or blessed are the gentle. They shall have the air for their heritage. By the way, he says, happy are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we acknowledge our need of God, the kingdom of heaven is ours. The kingdom of God, the presence of God, the reign of God, God himself reigns in our hearts. His presence takes control of our lives. That's our portion. And the kingdom of God, there is peace, there is joy, there is righteousness. So if we are hungry and thirsting for him, what it means is that we will experience the presence of God, the kingdom of God. Now it says, also Jesus says that one of the ways you can purify yourself also is what? To be gentle, to be meek, to control our strength. Meekness simply means controlled strength. Somebody insults you. You can even be the person. You even have better insults or, 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 or bitter, more, more bitter insults. And yet you hold yourself. You control yourself. You are gentle. That is meekness. Somebody does something to you. You can beat the person. And yet you hold yourself. You hold your anger. You control yourself. Meekness. Blessed are the meek. Meekness is controlled strength. For the sake of Christ. For the sake of Christ, you don't do that. For the sake of Christ, you don't say this. For the sake of Christ, you control yourself. You are gentle. It means you are meek. Happy are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. What does that mean? Those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. You are grieving for the fact that things are not right. You are grieving about the fact that the kingdom of God is not established here. You are grieving about the fact that souls are not, are, are not being saved. Whatever makes God sad also make you sad. That is what it means to mourn. Blessed are the, uh, those who mourn. Those who mourn, they have their heart and the mind of God. So whatever grieves God, grieves them also. Whatever makes God mourn, so to speak, also they mourn. So they can't stand the sight of, of sin. They can't stand the sight of things that makes God sad. And God says they shall be comforted. 
And so Jesus goes on. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for what is right. When we hunger and thirst for what is right, trying to seek justice for people who do not have it, trying to ensure that the right thing is done, wherever we find ourselves, we are hungry and thirsty for the, for, for the right things to be done. Whether in the church, whether in the country, in our community, we are hungry and testing that the kingdom of God be established here. That as it is in heaven, so it is here. So we are angry and we are not happy about the injustices in society and we are fighting them with the spirit of Christ. We are ensuring in our own small way that the right things are done wherever we find ourselves. He says, they shall be satisfied. When we do these things, we will experience the fullness of joy and the peace and the happiness God has already given us. He says, happy are the merciful or blessed are the merciful. Friends, when we show mercy to one another, when we show mercy to those who offend us, mercy, those who don't deserve our mercy and yet we show them mercy, we forgive. We are told that what? Mercy will be shown us. And that is a way to blessedness. That is the way to happiness, to show mercy, to be kind. Happy are the pure in heart. When we empty our hearts of bitterness, we, when we empty our hearts of resentment, we, it means we are purifying our hearts. And we are told when we do that, we will see God. When we empty ourselves with bitterness, unforgiveness, and all these things, we will see God. Our hearts will be pure. Happy are the peacemakers. When we seek peace, we go out there, we are not causing confusion, but we are settling um, confusions, we are resolving issues, we are always talking about peace, we are not causing confusion here and there. We shall be called sons of God. Children of God don't go about causing confusion. Children of God look for peace. St. Francis of Assisi's prayer, Lord make me an instrument of your peace. Now, it goes on, happy also are those who are persecuted in the cause of right. The kingdom of heaven is this. We should not be afraid of persecution as Christians. We should not be afraid of persecutions. Look, they persecuted Jesus. They will persecute us. Unless we are not ready to stand for the truth. Unless we are not ready to stand as disciples of Jesus. But Jesus is telling us that in that persecution, once we stand for him and they are persecuting us, we will experience peace and we will experience his joy. He says, the heaven, the kingdom of heaven is ours. And finally he says, happy are you when people abuse you and persecute you and speak all kinds of evil against you because you are a follower of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. Sometimes we are too careful not to offend people. We are too gentle here and there. No. Let us follow Jesus. Let us follow Jesus. It doesn't matter what they say about us. Let us ensure that we are following Jesus. And Jesus is saying that no matter what they say about us, no matter what they do against us because we are following him. But remember, because we are following him, it will all end in praise. It will all make them work for our good. And so we are to remember that we are children of God. Remember, we are children of God. And John puts it rightly, says, Think of the love that the Father has lavished on us by letting us be called children of God. And that is what we are. And friends, if this is what we think about daily and we know the implications of that, why are we then afraid to talk about our Father? Is it, is it not abnormal for any president, any good president's child, to be shy to talk about his Father? It's not, it not a shame and a disgrace and contradictory for a child of a good president to be ashamed to talk about his father. 
Why are we ashamed to talk about Jesus? Why are we ashamed to talk about Jesus, to share Jesus, to evangelize? St. Paul says, as for me, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of Christ. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Friends, why are we ashamed to talk about Christ? We are called as we are called children of God. We should be bold to talk about our Father. We should be bold to evangelize. We pray for courage that like the saints in heaven who were ready to wash their robes, their white robes in the blood of Jesus. Think about it. They washed these robes in the blood and they were white. What a contradiction. To wash a white thing in, in blood. Look at the color of blood and yet it comes out white. We are told they were all robed in white after they washed their, their robes, these robes, in the blood of Jesus Christ. Friends, being a Christian, being a child of God is a mystery. May God open our eyes. Ephesians chapter 1. That should be our prayer. Ephesians 1 verse 15 to 21. That should be our prayer. May God indeed open our eyes to become more conscious about who we are, children of God. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. We are children of God. May the saints in heaven pray for us. May all the saints in heaven pray for us to come to this realization in the name of Jesus Christ. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are children of God.